I am Doug Friedman. And I am Meredith Levy. And this is Your Mental Breakdown. The podcast starring us. Us. Yay. Yay. Happy birthday, us. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. I told you right before we started. It is our third birthday. Three years and three days ago, we launched this podcast. No, not three. Oh, yeah. Three fucking years ago. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's right. Wait, COVID, beginning of pre-COVID. Right before COVID, we came out with a podcast and then COVID hit and then everybody else came out with a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. But we are still here three years later. And (laughs) depending on (laughs) which which psychological stages of development you believe in, we -hmm, could say mm -hmm. that we are coming out of, you know this? Do you know your Freudian stages? Fuck no. Uh, nope. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a hint. The first stage for Freud is, is the oral stage, which we could say that's like, uh, I think, zero to one. That was the stage where we are just starting to talk. Oh, are we in the anal phase? We're in the anal yes, phase, right? we are. <laughs> that's your favorite phase, Actually, I we know. just finished were... it. We just finished it. But that's, I mean, if you think about it, uh, you know, you hear anal phase and everybody's going to laugh like, hey, 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 anal. But the, if you think about what it is, it's your ability to control your own self, right? So right. it's going when you choose to go. And in essence, it's sharing your shit, which is what <laughs> we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right? But that now ends and we're going into the, the phallic stage, the stage of our, our desires. So now we're just going to do whatever the hell we want on this podcast because that's good. Freudianly speaking, where we're at. Good one, Doug. <laughs> Good one. Wow, right? I'm impressed. Although yeah. I don't really go for that. I go with, and this is the Erickson stages of development. I can't. Oh my God. I, I, I would have to look at a chart. I don't remember these. I don't remember any of Trust that. Trust and mis- mistrust. Um, something and something. Uh, autonomy. Totally. Guilt. Identity. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know where we are. Wow. Okay. Impressive. It's just a bunch of words. Yeah, but it sounded good. So we're in. Uh, we're entering the phallic stage here with uh, our podcast and Drew. No, <laughs> not you. You're not phallic, Drew. <laughs> I mean, maybe Are you I don't Drew's know. a dick. What's wrong with you? <gasps> no, Drew. Oh, you don't listen anymore. But I would never say you're a dick. Actually, I feel like I have definitely said that before. No, I think you've always said that Drew's a nice guy. Like you, you were always really impressed with how good a guy he is. Oh, for sure. But I think there's been moments where I'm like, fuck, sound like a dick. Or I don't know, maybe not. Well, I'm sure we all have moments. I've probably sounded like that before too. Uh, yeah. I'm not always this nice. You're not always <laughs> this funny either, but you're always this good looking. What? Oh! You cannot say that. Do you take that back. <laughs> okay, you're always this funny and not always this good looking. What? Oh. So we're... We're three years old. We're this many. We're three. And we are moving forward, moving on to other things. And speaking of moving, we're about to get into an episode where Drew is moving. <laughs> See how yes. I did that? Good yeah. one. Yep, yep, yep. And it's interesting because if you've been listening along, you know that we've gone through stages of Drew's development with his girlfriend of, is it girlfriend? Is it girlfriend, not girlfriend? 
Is it, are they separated? Are they what? And now they're, you know, spoiler, moving in together. So it's not a spoiler. You knew that was happening, I think. No, definitely not. Oh. Also, spoiler Oops. for you. Well, I won't say anything until. Me? Until. Let's let them listen to the episode. We'll come back and then I'll. Are you moving? Wait. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're going to let you listen to the episode and then we're going to come back and talk about it. That's right. How about that? Well done. That's what we do for you. Yay. Okay. Bye. Bye. I've been moving the last like three weeks, four weeks. I did a big one last week and it really kind of put me, put everything in perspective of the last four or five years and just kind of where I've been and where I'm going and just kind of everything in general. I don't know. I, I just, I don't feel one way or the other about it. I'm just feeling it. Mm, you're smiling. Go ahead. Throughout the process. I trusted the process a lot. I feel like I matured a lot into what I really wanted and not just materialistic things. You know, I, I think I, that really shed a light on where I was at and what I wanted and where I wanted to be. Even though I was distraught through the process, you know, of not wanting to be there and kind of wanting to move back to a nicer spot and, and not wanting to rush anything and just wanting to stay in LA, but trying to figure it out. And I think it's been a lot more freeing, you know, in my day-to-day life and, and seeing the bigger picture and what I'm doing. And it's been hard too, living with girlfriend, stepmom, and and just having a room. And I thought it was the two of you. Oh no! Oh no! No no! It's not the best situation by any means, but it's uh, it's what I need right now, which is the weirdest thing. I feel like I moved back in with like not my parents because completely different situation. But feeling like I moved back in with my parents. I thought it was just you guys. God no! I wish. Right. You know, I wish. Does it feel like? a step back maybe it's split a step forward and a step back i think it's almost like to be continued like the struggle continues it's really helping me out financially i think it's a very beneficial situation it's just not the one i want it's the one you've got right now yeah it's not the one i want it's not permanent right every other superhero movie you see the one that i'm thinking of right now is batman but they all do it where there's like a fight going on somewhere and at some point and he just leaves the fight and flies all the way up. And then you see, you know, the silhouette of like it in the sky and the bat signal. And it just kind of floats for a second and then comes back down. And a lot of humans need to do that, too. Yeah. That's you used to say like, yeah, I want to go home and just get loved on. But I'm coming back differently. Sometimes it's catching your breath. It's regrouping. A lot of kids will go to college and then they'll come home after that and stay in their house. And they've like outgrown their room. But they still need that that chance to regroup, catch their breath before they go back out. Yeah, I think I think you're hitting it like right on the 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 nail with a hammer. I think this is the first time I've been able to have a frame of reference of not needing to regroup and get back out right now. You know, it's not like a, oh, give me a weekend and I'm I'm back. It's uh no, like give me six months, you know, I might need a year. I'm really regrouping right now and and trying to uh one get my health back right where I need it to be. I don't really want to start a new brand right now, um, but I want to continue where that creativity is. I'm allowing myself to take my time. I, I tend to do that to myself of kind of having like a, not a long-term goal, but something that I'm like working towards. And that's really fueling my, okay, I'm okay in this house for right now. I'm okay for this job for right now. I'm okay situationally where I'm at right now. And not even okay. I feel like I'm good. I feel like... Um, 
I'm not struggling, air quote. I don't feel anxious to get out of the house. I don't feel anxious to get out of my job. I don't feel anxious to start a new job. Um, I'm really trusting the timeline that I've kind of set in front of myself. How much weed do you smoke? A lot less. A lot less. In my days off, I'm so busy that I don't really have time right now to. The difference between antsy and motivated, and that's why I asked about the weed too, Mm because we will zap motivation. Right. Oh, 100%. And it will get you anxious sometimes or yeah. get you antsy sometimes and then self-defeating. And then it's yeah, then spiral. Exactly. Yeah. So antsy would also be unsettled. I'm mm-hmm. not okay. I'm not regrouping. I've failed. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing here? I need to get out of here. And, and, and pushing yourself and being hard on yourself and putting pressure on yourself, mm-hmm. which has been your MO for a long time. For and sure. One of the first times we talked ever, yeah. you were like, oh yeah, I'm go, 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 24-7. <laughs> you know, that's me. Yeah shift that and you know what you're moving towards Mm -hmm. in a sense Mm -hmm. and you're more comfortable with that with it being unknown and not where you want to be right now right how you're being right now actually sounds pretty darn good right surprisingly yeah is it that surprising uh i guess it's different i I haven't taken this one out for a spin yet well and you are you're you're Taking it out, you're spinning right now. No, you're, <laughs> you know, you're you're, you're out Better there spiraling, right? Right. <laughs> but you are. I mean, this this is what it means. This is what you're doing. You're in this, and you're not like avoiding it. You're actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And going back, the thing that you said like over a year ago, like my days will turn into weeks, will turn into months, will turn into years. Mm-hmm. And if I'm living how I want to be living, then that's cool. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I would say there's a large portion of that that seems accurate right now because how you're living. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like nodding emphatically the yeah, whole time. I'm sure. saying that you're like, yeah. yes, yes. Uh-huh. You still aren't where you want to be with some things, but you're moving towards that, and you're more comfortable now with that. Mm-hmm. It's not like these days need to count because these weeks need to count, and in months I need to be here. And you're still motivated, and you still have goals for sure. Mm-hmm. But there's a pressure you used to put on yourself that I don't hear from you right now yeah because i definitely still have my days you know i definitely still have my days where i'm like fuck where am i what am i doing what's right. the you know I, but just not as they don't hold as much weight so i can play that other side a lot easier now where mm-hmm. it's like well i am doing this and i am doing that and you know and i kind of have that conversation with myself going back mm-hmm. i was very vocal about who i wanted to be not necessarily who i was and i feel like because of what I've done over the last couple of years, it almost took that pressure off of having to tell people of where I've been and what I've done. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's allowed me to mm-hmm. be a lot more authentic to who I am. And I've just been able to connect with people a lot easier again, um, which is something I've been struggling with, you know, the past probably year or so, year and a half, um, especially being out of work. Half of my work life is a very relationship-based type of thing. And and I think I lacked a lot of what that is. And I think I put a lot of that pressure on friend, girlfriend, my brother, my parents, and wanting to force those relationships. And I think now I'm in a really good spot to understand that I'm doing what I want to be doing with the people I want to be doing it with. And and how we fit in together has been a lot more... um, lot more organic and and in turn has been a lot more meaningful as you're saying all this it sounds good Mm -hmm. for sure Mm -hmm. i just want to give us a moment and check in and leave room for we're not just putting like a nice shine on something that isn't so shiny 
I don't know. I think that's a good question. No, I, I, I genuinely am happy about what I'm doing. I think I'm working a lot. You know, I'm going to the gym almost every day and, and getting that kind of space. Um, hanging out a lot with kids, hanging a lot with girlfriend. You know, I, I don't think I've checked in with my parents as much as I would want to and vice versa. I think I am pretty excited for where I'm living and, and the people I'm around and, and my job's good. I think for the most part, I feel really good about where I am, what I'm doing and, and kind of having that end goal. Now, I think that the, the twist in all of this is if that end goal goes anywhere, we're probably having a completely different conversation. What's that end goal? Starting the new line and, and getting into that and wanting to create again and, and have it be successful. I want to do something more. I want more. I get the end goal. I almost see it as like the next starting goal. Mm. It's not about the end and it being successful. Yeah. It's like you said, starting the line, doing the work, having it be successful, like th- that whole process of, because if somebody was like, Oh man, these are dope. I'm going to buy the, I'm going to buy this idea off you. This is my IP. Now I'm going to give you like a couple million dollars there. Done. Yeah. Would you take it? Hell yeah. I know you gotta be some. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right? <laughs> I'm like, wait, fuck. I kind of messed up that. Wait, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it's sort of like, you know, I'll give you X amount mm-hmm. and then you're done and you have to walk away from fashion. Yeah. I think, uh, Call it a thousand dollars, right? You know, make it so I can't live Let's off the, grand, the ten, rest of my life. Grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd be like, no, you know, like I, I think sentimentally and emotionally, I wouldn't want to. I, I, I right. think it would take a really big dollar, and you know, I'd get into the millions. Like, let's talk. <laughs> no, like, look, I overshot that. You know, anything under that, it's more. Um, no, I would never. But, but, like, and yeah, it's interesting. Never. Even like a hundred grand, it's like yeah, I would never. Right. And, and that was quick. Yeah. A million was like, oh, hell yeah, I'd take that. Right. There's a big difference there, yeah. right? Yeah. And a hundred grand, like, you could live nicely for a year or two on that, right? Yeah. Probably a couple months for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, at some point, we, we still need to hit budgeting and spending. Oh, God, and all that, right? right? But it, it's something that I think, aside from the money, is wait, I want to actually do the thing and experience it. That's where you and I talked about purpose. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want this just to be my words. You're not that far away from having been in a depressive episode. It was a long one. Right. It was mm-hmm. a long one. You were in it. You were feeling it. Everything just had that that hue. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. It was just overall gray. It sounds like it's not because I can see the end in sight and I'm moving towards that. Mm-hmm. It's might be more because I see the beginning insight of something that has some purpose and significance for me. Yeah, I think, uh, I think somewhat, yes. I think the beautiful thing about the kind of coming out of this last one, I really realized that I just couldn't overextend myself anymore. I still have the ability to not overextend myself in any area, um, but be in multiple places at once authentically in virtue of this last kind of depression episode i was very not knowing which way was up you know and not knowing who to trust and not knowing who i wanted to be where i wanted to be how i wanted to be i felt kind of let down in a couple of areas and not really to any fault of my own you had a fucking heart attack dude oh yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah that yeah that too it was pretty crazy and thank you for saying that because i i uh 
I tend to just to kind of dismiss stuff, you know, like once, once I'm done with it, like I'm done with it. I don't like, eh. um, which I don't think is the healthiest thing for me to do. I definitely came into my own, you know, through that as hard as it was and, and, and as hard as the parents not having me and, and, you know, just kind of trying to figure it out. It was a big one to figure out on my own. And I still am, you know, I'm still going through that and trying to pay the hospital back. Like, yeah, I still owe the hospital some money, but like, I'm also working and, and doing what I need to do to be able to do that. You know, so I, I think, and I haven't talked to my parents about any of it. I almost don't want to use the analogy of pulling my boots up and going because I feel like I've had my boots on. I just kind of feel like I'm I'm on my path. You really are. And that path is, is a long and winding road. It's not a straight line. You are still moving forward and okay. You got knocked on your ass with something. The whole heart thing. I think in my life in general right now, that's the only thing that's really affecting me from a freak out standpoint. It's a complete unknown world to me. I feel like I'm very much on my own, trying to figure out my own health and, and just kind of like, do I feel okay? Not really. Okay. What do I, like, I don't really know what to do. I've tried to find guidance from parents, you know, and, and being like, well, what should I do? And I also don't want to psych myself out. Just kind of like, no, we're good. Forget about it. I'm also not trying to go to the rabbit hole of like, oh, well, I have some chest pain, so I'm having another heart attack. You know, I'm not trying to do that either. And so trying to figure out the in-between of what that is and, and taking it seriously, but also not knowing how to go down the right route of help. Mm-hmm. It's been very... Uh, stressful yeah it, it is there's some paralysis and some denial mm-hmm. you know and, and you're talking to a guy that at one point in my life i didn't go to the dentist for 12 years mm-hmm. 12 years yeah not the same way <laughs> right. oh that's two i've been two years but still <laughs> yeah but you know if i don't go no cavities right, right. yeah exactly <laughs> No, no. Yeah. Two root canals later, you yeah. know? And it's, wow. Mm-hmm. It's still happening to you. Right. Even if we're not paying attention to it, it's still there. No, I don't want to go to the doctor and find out that it's this. Well, it's going to be that either way. It is that if it's that. Mm-hmm. If you go to a doctor, you can do something about it, right? That's kind of the idea. There's a few things in this for you. A lot of it's fear. A lot of it's, you know, guidance, unknown, and some helplessness. Mm -hmm. And that will lead to paralysis or that will lead to denial. And then, cool, now it's not a problem until it is again. So let's just brainstorm this and see what happens. Let's say somebody just goes, hey, you know what? Here's... $250,000, $250,000, but you can only use it on health-related things. What would you do? I'd probably find a specialist, first thing. Start with a, a heart guy and try and ask him some questions and let him know what happened and see what he says and say, hey, I kind of want to get checked out. Can I come in and mm-hmm. get checked out? That's it? I think you're right. Like The fear of like the unknown and, and going through the process again is just like, I don't really want to do it. I'd rather just kind of be happy day to day and not think about it. And if it happens and I die, then I chalk it up to it was my time. I think that's my mindset right now of of wanting to not go to kind of rebuttal your, it is what it is, no matter if you go to the doctor or not. Mm-hmm. It is what it is, whether I go to the doctor or not. And 
and I don't, I think ignorance is bliss for me in this. And, mm. and I think not knowing is almost a safer route for me right now. Um, is that the right answer? No, I know that. <laughs> I know that. But I'm also not going to lie and be like, oh, yeah, I know what to do. I'm going to do it. Because like. You don't. Eh. That, right. That's why not knowing is safer because I don't have to go into the territory of unknown and scary. Mm-hmm. It's a protective mechanism. Yeah. You're protecting yourself. My mom is usually the one that helps me out with that. At times has done it for me so I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Now I need some help with this. Yeah. And, and I think I, I feel like I have a lot of dirty dishes on that side, you know, and it's a lot easier just for me to eat out right now. Absolutely. And, you know, when I say like that's a protective mechanism, I'm not saying don't do it. Right. Go, go wash your dishes, Drew. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, right now it's better for me to be ignorant and bliss. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's like, there, there's a sink full of dirty dishes. At some point you can clean. At some point, as long as we're not adding dishes to it. If we separate the things, it's not going to be as overwhelming. I think the only beneficial way for me to go to the doctor is if they do find something wrong, then I would be like, oh, okay, I'm glad I went. I know how serious it is. And I know, I understand that I need to do it. Also feel like I'm doing it for everybody else, you know, for their peace of mind too. If I had no outside voice and no anything, I think I'd be a lot more inclined to go and figure it out and do that. But I think between my friends, my family, girlfriend, everybody, it's just been, I thank you for having this conversation with me because I'm understanding like, okay, this does make sense. But before this conversation, you know, it was a lot of, yeah, you need to go to the doctor. You have insurance. There's a buildup. There's a buildup. And I'm like, fuck off. Like, let me, like, just let me be. Too much pressure. The peace of mind thing you got to check in with yourself and see what your peace of mind would be. So if everybody leaves you alone, if it's just you, if it's not about money, what do you want to do? Yeah, I want to go see somebody for sure. Just finding somebody I trust in the medical field mm-hmm. um, that can give me sound advice to what's going on. The experiment is set something up and don't tell anybody else about it. It's not about everybody else mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. It's you. It's what's <laughs> literally in your heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I almost see it as my train of thought of killing myself hmm. without killing myself and having a way easier out. And, and I think in retrospect over the last two months, and again, I'll end on this, which is a banger to end on. Um, I almost feel like some sort of me wishes it would happen again and that I wouldn't make it out and that then people wouldn't be like, oh, well, he committed suicide. What happened? You know, it was like, oh, fuck, he was 26 and I had a heart attack. That's so sad. You know, and I think leaving on those terms, all in all, I think that the outside pressures and and everything that that is, along with the internal not wanting to and not really, I mean, I do today, I want to be here and I'm very happy I'm here and thank God I am. Um, I'm blessed to wake up this morning. And if I die from a heart attack, it's a lot better than committing suicide. 
I will leave you with another similar experiment type thing and mm-hmm. see how it goes. The feeling of it's so overwhelming and it's so it's too much and I can't take it. And I can't do it. And that would give me the relief and the release from all of this. Right. That's sort of what just making the appointment by yourself is. Mm-hmm. It's not about anybody else. It's about me. Yeah. The experiment on this front is, you know, the cape that you put on. I want to see you do like a Viking funeral for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to say anything more about it. I want just that idea to float in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll pick that one up. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. What we just ended on, mm-hmm. we're going to hit that for sure. Yeah. And this idea is mm-hmm. is what we're going to really explore. And look at that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a connection there, but I want you to make it. Yeah, I got you. Cool. Mm-hmm. And we are back. We are back. And in reference to what we talked about before, they listened to the episode. So, okay, Drew's moving. And you did not know that they were living with her stepmom, her family. Yeah, I didn't. I I thought when they were moving in, they were moving in with each other, which they are. Right. I didn't realize they were moving in with her mom. Exactly. But yeah, moving oh yeah he said he was moving for like the past three or four weeks which by the way is a long time to be moving just saying well he's got to pack everything up and he's you know he's moving it's not like he's moving like 15 minutes away he's moving like an hour and a half away oh really yeah he's an hour and a half away so it's kind of going back and forth and and doing it in stages so three or four weeks it's that's gnarly okay and he was actually like yeah i'm actually totally okay living here with her family and he was like i'm excited to live with just the two of them but he was like yeah i'm okay with that and okay with his house situation and his job and was just like yeah. all right i'm good you know it's cool right now you guys can't see this but mary you're nodding along like yeah okay cool yeah and it's what drew said to start off the session he said i, I trust the process which right. is so cool to hear like the last few sessions with him i'm like wow the fruits of, of his labor in therapy are coming to fruition. This is incredible. A lot of our work was with the unknown and being comfortable with things that are uncomfortable because they're unknown. And this right. is him going into the unknown and just trusting it. Doesn't mean he's comfortable with it. Doesn't mean he's okay. He's, he's okay knowing he can feel not okay and just trust the process of going through it. So very cool. Very cool to hear that. Super cool. And he said that he's smoking a lot less weed, which made me laugh. He said something about that he's more motivated and less antsy, I think. And you said something like, yeah, we doesn't exactly like create motivation. I was like, sure doesn't for 98% of the world, probably. It's cool because he's so used to feeling antsy, struggling, anxious, and not being okay with just being where you are. And right. wanting to like move things along. And that's, that's why even moving in with, with girlfriend and her stepmom, I asked if that felt like a step back or a step forward or, or what it felt like. And that whole idea for him is taking him out for a spin, not for a spiral. Because smoking the weed when he's down on himself will lead to an anxiety spiral. 
Right. But now just kind of like trusting it, going with it, not getting super antsy. Like, yeah, I'm just taking this out for a spin and seeing what it's like. Cool. Yeah. And you mentioned how antsy can be like unsettled, which I think is totally true. Yeah. And then from that place, feeling unsettled and like, oh, oh man, you don't get a chance to like chill, take stock, regroup, and you feel like a failure because you can't pull it together. And that's what I was saying. Like the, do you know what I was talking about, Mary, with like Batman's, uh, God, I almost said spaceship aircraft that flies up and you see it silhouetted against the moon. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah, it yeah. just flies up there then comes back down or like Superman will fly up to the sun to feel the strength of the sun, then fly back down, like getting a moment just to like recharge, literally recharge and, and take stock. When you're so anxious and unsettled, you don't get to do that. And for him, smoking weed got a version of that for him, but it wasn't the version that gets to like take stock and recharge and feel good and get back in there. And he said he's he's doing a lot better at connecting with people, which he had struggled with for the past year. And part of me was like, huh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons for that. But I think smoking less weed probably has to do with it. I think smoking weed is a way to connect with people socially sometimes, but not necessarily like interpersonally, like truly connecting. Yeah. And to me, it's all about being present. And if you're, if you're doing it the way he had been, he's not really present there, so it's hard to connect. And he's really seeing, oh, right, the last few weeks, especially when I'm being authentic, when I'm there in myself, I am connecting with them from where I am now, as opposed to when we first started. And he was telling me about some of the, you know, some of the parties that he'd go to with the big name celebrities and things. And, and they liked that he was authentic and he could just be himself, but he was still in a place of not feeling comfortable. Now he's much more comfortable in his own skin internally. He was saying something about his end goal and about creating a line. Can I say that? That that's what he was doing? Creating yeah, yeah. a line? Creating the, okay. Yeah. He wants to create his own clothing line and, he, and he's right. worked on different brands with different people and partnering with people and trying to get something going. And now he's working a, a corporate job that's still in fashion, but it's different. So his end goal of creating his own line and seeing that, even though he's not doing that right now, he can still see it as the goal that he's working towards. Right. And you said, well, maybe not your end end goal. It's just your next goal, your next step, right? It doesn't have to be like, okay, I have my own line done by done with that. I got there. Yeah, totally. I said something about it's the next starting goal, not the end goal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> for me, I'm thinking this whole time, about what we talked about, I think last week, Merritt, with Drew, the process versus the content, like not mm -hmm. just the details of something, but the overall and its journey, not destination. Like, especially for him coming out of the depressive episode, he's allowing himself to be in the journey, even with that depression. And even knowing that he's not at the destination, he's on the journey. He can see the destination, which helps him just know, oh, right, I'm, I'm trusting the process and I'm still moving towards that. And that's where, you know, I threw in the, I'm sure you picked up on me asking him like, hey, what if somebody gave you a million dollars right now? So funny. I was laughing. Right. He was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. okay <laughs> I'm like, okay. oh, crap. Yeah, all right, man. Let Overshot me, let me that one. Down. Okay. Right? It was so funny. But was, what was cool is even in that hypothetical that I'm giving him, and I'm trying to highlight that what he's really 
interested in and feeling right now is the internal shift and allowing himself to be present in the journey. It's not about reaching the destination. Once I have my brand, once I have a million dollars, it's not that. It's the working on it and being where you are. And hilarious that I was like, well, if someone gives you a million dollars, and he's like, yeah, absolutely. Like, all right, well, maybe 10,000. <laughs> and then I, I, what's I funny is I said like, well, maybe even 100,000. He's like, yeah, 100,000. Yeah, no, I wouldn't take it. Yeah. Like, wow. That he did that without hesitation. Yeah. You know, that no, I wouldn't, no. A million, sure, but a hundred thousand? No. And that's a lot of money for him, for anybody. And you were like, you could live on that for a couple of years. He's like, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm I'd stuff. barely make it through a year knowing me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. A couple months, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I hear you. I feel you. And then Something that you guys didn't hear because we were talking about it earlier, but you know, I check in with his heart and like what was going on, what is going on with him and how he's taking care of that. Cause he had, and I said it in this episode, you had a heart attack recently. He was like, Oh yeah, thanks for reminding me. He basically was like, Oh, right. Yeah. I appreciate you reminding me. What? Right. Right. It's just something like, oh yeah, that happened. And then what's next? Like, right. Whoa, 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 wait a second. Wait a second. And I knew you were gonna cringe when I said this but telling him about the dentist and how I hadn't gone for 12 years, right? I don't understand. Yeah, I feel like we must have touched on that before, talked about it before oh, we somehow, totally but... We have, we have definitely. I know, you go like every three months, I get it. Yeah, actually, I'm going in a couple of weeks. I'll let you guys know oh how my clean gosh. my teeth are. Again, I'm trying to highlight something for him and that idea of if you don't look at it, there's no problem, right? Wrong. It's still there. You're just not facing it all the time that idea of the, the ignorance is bliss and he just wants to stay in the ignorance and, and not know. And that serves him a lot of the time or has served him. But this is something like, I don't know that you can stay ignorant with this. So this was intense, what he said. And it really threw me for a loop when he said that uh, sort of ignoring the heart thing and ignorance is bliss and okay, you know what? Cool. Because if I don't go and something happens, then I die of a heart attack and that's better than killing myself. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Right. Okay. So a couple of things here. First, I'm, I'm going to pause and, and back it up for a second because that idea for him, and I framed it as a protective mechanism, that staying in the ignorance, right? Of yeah. not knowing. And he said like, yeah, but if I go to the doctor and it's what I think it is, then it's what I think it is. There's nothing I can do about it anyway. I, I don't care. And it's thinking like, there's, it's out of my control. So what? So that's one piece. Right. And the other piece, as we were breaking it down and I said, you know, if all things were equal and, and you had all the money to see somebody or everybody was on your insurance, what would you do? And without a hesitation, again, he said, I'd see a cardiologist. I'd see a specialist you know, right away. So he does want to see somebody and find out what's going on. And he even framed the, the last bit. We're like pretty much out of time in the session. And he was aware of that and said, yo, I'm, I'm going to give you a banger right at the end. And he knew that it was going to be something impactful. Yeah, just mic drop. Like what? He and I have talked about what he way back would call his suicidal ideology, right? Remember he said somebody diagnosed him with that? And it's not a diagnosis. It's ideation. It's thinking about yeah, it. Thought. Yeah. And you jumped on me, Mary, because I said, he's somebody that I never thought would kill himself. 
right? Right. And what I meant by that and what I said to him about that and have said to him is I don't think he wants to not live and not exist. I think he doesn't want to have all this pressure around him. And he doesn't know another way to live without all this pressure. Right. So in this, this banger at the end that he throws, saying, this is sort of my version of killing myself without killing myself. Like, sure, if I go tragic heart attack for somebody at 26, versus if I couldn't take all the pressure around me, and I committed suicide to get away from it. Yes. Right? Yeah. So to me, I hear that as somebody who doesn't know how to live with this intense pressure that he's feeling from everybody all around him and everything all around him. Sure. I mean, I think any client I've ever had that's suicidal is suicidal because they either can't, doesn't know how to deal with something or can't deal with it or whatever. I've never met anyone that just inherently has a great life and wants to kill themselves. Great life, what they consider, like they're very happy and they're very fulfilled and what, you know what I mean? Sure. So I think there's always a reason. I was just like, and again, yes, he totally did say like, I'm going to drop a banger here. And we'll, you were like, all right, well, we're going to follow up with it. But. I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I don't know that there's always a reason in terms of something that we can point to. Yeah, yeah. Like there can just be this clinical depression, but there is something that is making us not want to live anymore, whatever that is. There's a reason for not wanting to live, whether it's unknown or... Right. No, absolutely. Right? And, and that's, we're talking about people that are talking about suicide. There are some people that don't talk about it. That's different. There are some people with mental illness and they're struggling with something, and that's different. What we're talking about with Drew is somebody that doesn't want to live the way that he's living. Right. And it's not any one thing inherent. It's this way that I'm living, I can't do it. And that's something that my read on him is that it's all the outside pressure and, and everything mm -hmm. that's on him is, is too much for him. And he even said that. I think at the end of this, like what he was saying was, if I died because of the heart attack, it would be like, oh, that was tragic. He had a heart attack. That's so sad. And what he said is like, all the outside pressures and, and everything along with that internally, just not wanting, I, I don't want to, I don't want to kill myself, but the, the, I, I'm, I want to be, I want to be here and I'm, I'm happy here and I'm, I'm, you know, grateful that I am. But if I died of a heart attack, you'd be like, oh, good. That pressure's off. Right. Well, and he said, he's like, if I'm going to go to the doctor, I'll just set it up and not tell anyone because the more people put pressure on me, the more then I just don't want to. And I was like, I totally get that for sure. Right. So that's why I kind of spun it with him and said, okay, well, look, let's do this experiment. Let's not tell anybody and have you just go to the doctor, have it just be your thing and have it be like, all right, I'm taking care of myself. That's in a sense, a throwback to what we were talking about earlier in, in the session. That's a selfish thing great, be selfish, take care of yourself and don't tell anybody, you know, forget the cape and putting it on for anybody else. Like, and that's, you know, me even saying like, fucking burn the cape, do a Viking Have a funeral. Viking for the funeral. Cape. I know, right. Exactly. Like get rid of it. Like fine. Get rid of that mentality of doing so much for so many other people. 
let's do something for you. Go get your heart checked out and don't tell anybody. Right. Right. And that was a big, huge fear of the unknown part, which I totally get. I think fear of the unknown. It's almost like I don't know if he does fear it or not. Like he's fear of the unknown of something specific, but just fear of the unknown. Like what happens if I just kill myself? If I die, it's like he's not scared of that, really. I mean, not as much at least before as he was of living. It's like this fear of what may happen if I go to the doctor or what may happen if I go to the dentist or. Exactly. And you just hit it. It's not the fear of dying. It's the fear of living with what happens if, what happens if this, if that. And that's what we've been really working on is, can you live a life that is yours? That isn't about the if or how somebody else responds or reacts that is just you and what that's like. Live your life for you, not for everyone else, not for the potential to spiral out, but taking you out for a spin, which we talked about earlier in this. I don't know. I wrote it in a note. I don't know if you guys said it, or I think it was like about just taking the middle path. Just take a middle path with your health, take a middle path in general. You don't have to tell everyone everything. Some things can just be yours. And I think he was so used to telling his parents everything. And he brought up the hospital bills again and was just like, whatever. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I don't think we said it in this, in this session, but you're absolutely right, Mary, because that's something we've been talking about for so long that, that balance is not the seesaw, like one extreme and the other, and it's balanced. It's finding, like you said, that middle path. So what would the middle path here be? And he doesn't know it. It's sort of like his relationship with girlfriend is a great example of where he initially was all in with her. Then he got destroyed because of the stuff that she did and, and cheating on him and, and betraying his trust. And you were questioning, well, wait, girlfriend, not girlfriend, what's he still doing with her? She did him dirty, right? And he was saying, my, did my I? MO. Yeah, you did. Because she cheated on him. Yeah, but, but I've always said that's not just a reason to break up. No, but there was more going on. And you okay. came around though, and I think you came around pretty much, I'm, I'm going to give you credit here, for seeing middle way in him. Because he was saying his pattern is to either be all in with somebody or all out. And he said right now, when she was in that state of girlfriend, not girlfriend, and you were like, well, are they together or are they not together? They were separated. And he's like, she's still a friend and she's showing up in this way now. And I'm not going to do what I've done before, which is just take her back and be all in or shut down completely and have nothing to do with her ever again. So he's learning to find some middle way in that. And that's so big for him because it translates to what we're talking about now with can you just live a middle way type of life? And what is that? Yeah. And it's very hard, obviously. And I think it's, it's like the pendulum sometimes, you know, there's always going to be a little back and forth. And that's something that he's getting more comfortable with. We just got to be with him through three months of a depressive episode, and he's starting to come out of it and see the pendulum starting to swing the other way to taking care of himself, which is great. Yeah. Well, I'm interested to hear how the follow-up on this goes. Yeah. If there is one. Too. I mean, I imagine. I don't remember. That's like a year and a half ago. <laughs> I All hope right. there was. We'll find out when we hear it. We'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys will too in a couple of weeks. We'll be back with you next week with Sarah. 
and see what's up with her. And let us hear what's up with you. Feel free to jump out at us. You can email Meredith directly. Her email address is, what is it? What's your? <laughs> Don't tell them. You can't tell them. Okay. Not yet. You can email Meredith directly at. Um, www.iamawesomeasfuck.com. <laughs> I mean, people might actually do that. Uh, but feel free. Um, if you like us, rate us, review us, send us emails, talk to us. We're on the web at yourmentalbreakdown.com. And we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to keep talking to you. And we will next week. Not now. We're done. So We're done. Bye. Bye.